Hawkeye, Season 1, Episode 4. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host, and we've got another decently long episode today with a brand new guest. And this is a guy who I discovered originally on the Geek Podcast, hosted by Paul McQuiggan. It's a fantastic podcast, and and you'll hear us talk about it, you know, during the conversation. But I highly recommend checking this out. It just really dives into creative geeks. And, you know, it talks about their origin story, if you will, and it kind of lets you inside their world for a while to, to find out what makes them tick. Uh, it, it, it's just a fantastic show. And I've been on the show. Um, a number of the guests that, that I've had on this show ha- have been guests on Geek. Um, and I, I just highly recommend checking it out. I can't say that enough. And just go search Fantastic Universes. And within that feed, search for the Geek Talks. You will not regret it. Now, today's guest, Mr. Chase Black, is a comics commentator. He runs a Twitter page called I Comment on Comics, and it's very entertaining. I love his insights into current and historical comic book storylines. You know, he's always posting fun little nuggets and anecdotes, you know, his opinions on things about the source material of which we so often speak here on Marvel+. Plus. And you'll be able to gleam, you know, just from our conversation, uh, that, that this guy's comic book knowledge is it's, it's pretty on point. You know, he definitely knows his stuff, and it'll be obvious in today's conversation. So let's just hop in. Let's get into the episode. Episode 4 of Hawkeye with the awesome and insightful Mr. Chase Black. All right, Chase, welcome to the show, my friend. Um, we've been we've been trying to make this happen for a while here. I'm glad it finally finally worked out. Oh uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for asking me to be on. Thanks for having me. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. I I heard you. Uh, I think on the Geek Podcast. That's where I was like, oh. oh, yeah. I was like, this guy sounds like someone who would be interesting to have on the show. And um, I think in my last episode with Tony, we talked a bit about uh the geek podcast, which is an incredible podcast. It's really great. The whole concept. I loved when he, when he explained it to me, um, as far as listening to that, it's, uh, I was actually made myself go back and listen to it and tried not to, uh, cringe at things I was saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was the same way when I listened to my episode, I'm like, I didn't, I almost didn't want to share it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, uh, okay, here we go. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, you, because he doesn't interject much at all, it makes it sound like you're just like a complete narcissist. <laughs> like rambling about yourself. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of the whole time thinking about it being released. Like, oh, God, like, I hate talking I, about myself. I just talked about myself for an hour and a half. Think <laughs> of that show. So, you know, more power to him. I mean, that's that's great. I, I, I listen to it all the time. That's where I found you. I think that's where I found Tony. I listened to him on um, Comics in Motion. Um, but I think the first time 
I found anything out about him personally was listening to Geek. That just a great show, man. And your episode yeah. was really good. Um, so this is what I found interesting about you is uh, you're different than my other guests because most of the people I have on, they're either just plain old super fans, or they're like people. Um, I lost Jack. Can't hear you. Or or something of the sort. And um, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I said normally the guests that I have on they're they're into like they have podcasts or they have YouTube channels. Um, you know, they use that medium to express themselves, to commentate on on pop culture stuff. You, however, you run everything through a Twitter page, which I find interesting. And I've seen it a, a couple times before. I mean, there are people out there who do all their commentary through the written word like that. Um, but I just find it interesting that that you didn't go the route of like podcasting or or something like that. You're clearly comfortable at talking. I listened to you talk for an hour and a half. Um, so what made you decide like, hey, I'm just going to write, you know, you know, 240 character tweets about comics? Uh, well, I guess um, it all started with me just not having somewhere to talk about comics. And I didn't think that uh, I would. I don't know, catch on the little bit that I have. I think I just went over like 800 followers, which is weird for me. I know it's not a lot, but for me, it seems like uh, more than I ever expected people to listen to me ramble about comics. But it was just uh, more than anything. It was just a uh, a freeing place for me to just talk about comics all I want. I didn't think about it going any further than that. Um, mm. It was interesting to get invited onto a podcast for the first time and uh, realize how comfortable I was talking, especially because. Uh, I mumble a lot. I stutter a lot. I got a bit of uh, mush mouth and a thick accent on top of it. So <laughs> I didn't think it would come off well, me talking <laughs> and people listening to me. So I figure writing is better. And uh, my biggest problem, I don't watch for autocorrect. So every, yeah. every thing I put out there, has <laughs> a mess up in it anyway. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I hate about Twitter is that the ability to not be able to like, I hate that's. Yeah, especially if I if I use my speech to text. Uh, we were talking about that before we started recording, but I use that a lot. Um, I have thoughts a lot while I'm driving that I want to get down, and I use speech to text predominantly, even when I'm talking to people through text. And I, I do that on Twitter sometimes, and then I go ahead and post it before I've checked it, and it's like, oh, that is not what I said at all. But yeah, yeah. that's that's the thing. That's the thing about that. You know, every other media or every other social media site, you can edit what you put up yeah. on there it's either like you either leave it or you get rid of it completely yeah um you know also recently started getting a little bit more active on people's youtube channels like in the uh comment sections like i'll go to uh live chats and stuff and yeah talk a bit too and i changed my name from chase black in there to i comment on comics just because people didn't know who i was when i was talking yeah. to them you know, talk to them on twitter all the time do um ha has anyone found you like from YouTube and then like followed you over to Twitter like oh hey I, I saw you in the comments on YouTube you know I don't um yeah probably a couple people uh I couldn't say for sure but I know there was people that I talked to in the YouTube streams that suddenly I was talking to on Twitter that I'd never talked to before so I'm yeah. sure uh, it's happened I, I got yeah. a good bit of uptick people after I did a couple of Tony's podcasts too so yeah. I didn't think that people were listening to me. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I'm sure that the, the Geek podcast um, did the same thing. You probably got some new followers through that as well. Um, a lot of the people, and, and I know because I'm kind of 
in a friend circle of people who who podcast and stuff and and also listen to that same show they're they're all very interested in all the geek stuff right comic books movies um you know pop culture like anything gaming tabletop gaming like everything these guys you can find all walks of geek life in this group of friends and um it's something that i found really cool about doing this right is meeting all these new people and um i never had a big like i've had online friends and things but this is probably the most i've interacted with people online like ever in my life is is connecting through geekdom 100 percent agree I, I i've said before i think i said it on the geek podcast is Chase, <clears throat> sorry, Chase Black's Twitter has like 23 mm-hmm. followers because no one cares about what Chase Black has to say. But yeah. uh, when you start geek things, like you just people want to talk about you, you start gaining a lot more, a uh, lot more friends than you knew were out there. There's legitimately people I've met on Twitter that I have the phone numbers of now that I talk yeah. to, texting and stuff. It's crazy. It's uh, yeah. People always say about the toxicity of. Twitter uh, comic stuff, but uh, you know, if you stay in the right area, if you curate it yourself, it's really a nice place to just talk about things you like. Yeah, I think people really do create their own, you know, experience on there. I mean, it really is who you follow, what subjects you follow. I mean, yeah, if you want to follow all uh, politics, you're probably not going to have a very fun time on Twitter, you know, but especially if you're into like niche stuff, you know, or stuff that has more of a cult following or, or a, I don't know, non-mainstream following, then I feel like you find your people that way. Right. I agree. And what's more so non-mainstream thing becomes mainstream. You see which one of those are really your people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I know you obviously from the geek podcast, I've been following you on Twitter now. And um, you kind of saved me the other day. I was going to say, I I want to talk a little bit about spoilers here. Because Wednesday morning, uh, I hopped on Twitter. And uh, luckily, the first thing I saw was your tweet before anything else. <laughs> yeah. I saw, um, you know, when you first log on, it'll say, like, trending topics. And I saw Hawkeye series. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I saw your tweet talking about how, like, why are people posting all these spoilers, like right away. Yeah. No, no, no one's watched it yet. It was like eight or nine in the morning. Whenever <laughs> I got on there and looked, it was crazy. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll have watched it um, just because I'm up late the night before. But this week I hadn't. And I'm glad I saw your tweet because I immediately I'm like, all right, thanks for that. I logged out and I went and watched the episode so that I didn't have it spoiled. A lot would have got spoiled for you. I mean, it, it, yeah. I was reading it before I even knew what I was reading. I was like, ah. Man, <laughs> like, but yeah, I mean, that, the thing that I saw that spoiled technically it was still cool, you know, but I wish I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I can just, I'm in this place right now where I don't know how Spider-Man No Way Home is going to not be spoiled for anyone that doesn't see it the first hour, like first showing of first day. It's going to be tough. I, I have my tickets, but I can't go until the following Tuesday. So it's like, that's a long stretch. And I'm not sure how I'm going to avoid. I'm just going to have to stay offline, I think. Yeah, it's going to be real hard. Uh, you know, like, you remember back when, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies and stuff came out? I mean, yep. Twitter and stuff, I don't thank goodness. But, like, I, I didn't care what was in, like, I didn't want them to show everything in the trailer. Like, I didn't yes. care what built in the movie. I wanted it all happen in yep. the movie. 
like people making a big deal about wanting to find spoilers or wanting demanding these people be in the movie like why just enjoy the movie yeah. wait till it comes out and enjoy the movie uh yeah yeah man movie. let let the storytellers well, tell you a story it's it's ridiculous can you imagine if like spoilers for usual suspects came out yeah yeah then that's what i'm saying like this stuff happens now all the time like i do i have to avoid spoilers when it when a movie comes out because i usually can't see it opening weekend i usually gotta wait a week you know and it's it's damn near impossible to not see stuff i remember being on social media it's real hard yeah and i and you know i want i think there's something else to what you said too is like this idea that like fans want to shape their experience like they Mm -hmm. want to tell they want to tell the creators we want this person in it. We want that person in it. Don't you dare put this person. You know what I mean? They want to shape it. And sometimes it works. Sometimes you get, you know, the Snyder cut because of right. fans. So I guess there are positives, right? There are positives to people speaking up. But this idea of like everything being fan service is it's a little worrisome because there's some stuff I don't want to see. I see people clamoring for stuff. I'm like, please don't. Please don't. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. I um, I mean, I hate like people just demanding uh, like what characters live or what characters like what relationships <laughs> are in, like demanding every little tiny thing or mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. It's hard to I don't it's hard to get into, but it's just it's weird that people think that they're entitled to choose what the artist creates instead of letting right. them do it. Yeah. Can you imagine going to like a professional like painter and just be like no nah, i think that should be blue and then just yeah. turn a fit at them until they change the color on you like it doesn't make any right. sense to think you can do it like to have the entitlement to think that you can do that yeah it's- and then also it actually does because it is an industry run on money it, it does affect the art because then they're 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 building this film you know or series or whatever it is around what the fans want um, that plays into what they're doing and it's not as artistic. It, uh, truly. It's like, okay, we're going to do something fun and creative. We'll try to, we'll try to give them a, you know, a, a twist or something, but overall we need to fit this in that the fans want. We need to fit this in that the fan, and they're shoehorning stuff in sometimes. I, yeah, it does seem like that. Um, I mean, and it's hard to blame the creator. They want to make money off the movie, but I mean, I yeah. know that. Uh, Twitter itself is an echo chamber, and it, we see we. It seems like it's much louder than it really yeah. is. Um, you know, like my brother, my younger brother loves comic books just as much as I do, but he hates social media. So, like, mm-hmm. if I go to him about something that's like a big deal on Twitter, like he'll have no clue. Oh, and that well, just, that's nice. There that aren't on social media that don't have a clue about all these quit like all these squabbles that people have. Just they go and enjoy the movie. And I'm kind of jealous of that sometimes <laughs> because. Yeah. Uh, like he just has no clue about all the drama around uh, movies coming out or what people want and stuff because he just stays away from it. He, it it's a little, I'm a little envious sometimes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, 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 it always does seem like it's more than it is. It's kind of like, not just with that, not just with spoilers, but with like the excitement around movies and stuff like that. We always think it's like, we only see what the people just like us think about stuff so we're like what do you mean you hated this movie everybody loves this movie or like um you know what people are excited about or what people don't even know about like if i talk to someone in my extended family about spider-man no way home 
they probably have no clue that people are expecting, you know, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, maybe to show up. They, they have no idea. Like, and, and right. God, man, that would be amazing. If you went in not knowing anything and then they did show up. So your mom, it'd be great. Yeah. And I imagine just like if Empire Strikes Back came out now, mm-hmm. like it'd all be ruined. Like your father, yeah. like all that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Our like so, but yeah, I, I thought that was ridiculous. What was it like six hours after Hawkeye dropped? Were there the it, the Twitter's flooded? And I usually don't say anything about uh, spoilers and stuff, but it was just so quick that I was like, I gotta say something. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. First. Yeah, you saved me, and you know, it's like, man, this is like the week that you're gonna go podcast and talk about this thing. It's like that's the week that it gets ruined for you. That's that sucks. Uh, I didn't call a bunch of jerks. A bunch of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, oh, you know, what? there's something out there from listening to your first one is that I, there's a lot of people that Hawkeye is their favorite Avenger, just not MCU Hawkeye. What, 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 what Hawkeye? You mean in the comics? In the comic books, like, uh, yeah, comic books, yeah, is favorite Avenger, hands down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, but in the MCU, it's, it's a shame because I think Jeremy Renner is like, top tier actor especially in this show especially in this episode but yeah. he's kind of a background character in the avengers movies you know yeah. so like yes this series to show that hawkeye was a good character but comic book hawkeye is just much cooler <laughs> than uh they portrayed him in the mcu yeah and I'm, I'm currently reading that that matt fraction run that, that this series has a lot of influence from and a lot it's it is so fantastic. And you're right. Like that Hawkeye's as much as I love this Hawkeye in the series, that Hawkeye's even cooler. Mm-hmm. I'm enthralled. Like I'm anti Captain America back in the like nineties, you know, yeah. uh, 80s, yeah. 90s, like where Captain America was the Boy Scout, he was the rebel, but they were still uh-huh. both cause. Like I went to Hawkeye immediately. <laughs> I loved Hawkeye. Yeah. I, yeah. I you know what's funny is um I don't know if I talked about this one here or not, but the first, the first ever like mini that I ever read was, and it was just like, it was in a box of comics that my parents had bought me. Like they had gotten it from like secondhand from someone who used to collect years ago. It was a bunch of like seventies and eighties comics. And I think this was probably 1995 or something. And, um, just a couple hundred comic books. They weren't in great condition. They were all kind of thrown together, but sifting through it i found a hawkeye mini issues one through four and it was the first ever hawkeye mini series mm-hmm. and uh that was the first ever like mini series i ever read was that random hawkeye series and i loved it i remember thinking like oh this is awesome and the reason it um stuck out to me of all these comics because there was like all kind it was mostly marvel but it was like fantastic four and like uh you know sergeant rock and like all this all kinds of different stuff gi joe books like and um, the reason Hawkeye stood out is because our local comic shop in our town when I was a kid was called Hawkeye's Comics. And it was like a silhouette of the Hawkeye. It was like his head, his face. And so I, I never knew who Hawkeye was. I thought it was just the name of a comic book store until I saw that there was like this character. I was like, oh, it's the comic book store guy. <laughs> That's awesome. That was your first mini that you read. And now look at you. Yeah. 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 And, you know, nothing, nothing like this series at all. But um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the Matt Fraction one. Like people had told me it was good for a really long time. And not until I started watching the series 
that I go, you know what, if the series is this good, I bet that comic runs pretty damn good. So, yeah, I'm um, I think I'm on like issue seven. And but what's funny is they have pulled so much from the first like six comics. First like the six people are straight from the comic. Yes. Tracksuit mommy, they're pulling dialogue straight from the series. Um, I think she wore a shirt in this episode that she had on in the, in the comic. Yeah, like, she she uses a frozen pizza on her wound. Like it's it's straight from the book, and it's crazy. I, I haven't seen this much of a direct a- adaptation. Now, obviously, they're they're telling a different story here because they're bringing in Echo and this whole this whole storyline, but. I haven't seen them pull so much straight from comics in anything else yet in the MCU. Yeah, and in the comic, Kate Bishop's already established. She's well-established right? in the comic. Right, Where she's just now brand new starting out. But this really makes sense that he's taking on, like, the mentor role. Because he kind of did that in comics when he went to West Coast Avengers. He goes to Great Lake Avengers, you know, and, like, that he'd lead up these teams. So he does take mentor roles in. So it's nice to see. Yeah, it, it's a natural progression, especially with the MCU, too. It's like, this was the way to do it because, you know, you're right. Hawkeye has been relegated to like a background character um, for most of the MCU, but he's had some really great impactful moments when they did use him. Like obviously an end game and the whole thing with Natasha and, and just how that it even, you know, was referred to in black widow and it's weighing heavily on him in this series. And yeah, Matt so, is a, a cloud over him this whole series. Yeah, and I, I think that, and that's a that's a testament to the moments that they have used Hawkeye for, too. It's like, that was a heavy moment. That was a big moment that is going to affect, you know, would affect people for a long time. I mean, her, obviously, we'll get to later, but her sister's out for blood. It's like, it, she doesn't even know what really happened to her. So, um, but yeah, let's let, let's hop into this thing. So I wasn't, I don't know if you were or not, but I wasn't completely sure at the end of last week's episode, if it was Jack Duquesne with the, with the sword at the very end. And I don't know if it was just that he was in the shadows. I thought they were trying to like pull one over on us or something. It was going to be someone else. Um, but did you realize it was Jack? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I assumed it was. Yeah. When I saw the Ronin sword, I knew he was the only one who had it. So I just yeah. assumed. Yeah. So I, and I thought this would be much more serious starting out. <laughs> Just the way they ended last week. Yeah. I expected there to be a bit of a fighter to reveal that he was a villain. But instead, yeah. he just comes a little bit more likable. Even though you know he's scummy. <laughs> like, the whole... Yeah. Like, he, he like making jokes and he's happy that she's a uh, his sidekick. <laughs> and, like... Uh, yeah, he's kind of starstruck, too. Like, he's like, oh, it's Hawkeye. It's an Avenger. Yeah. Thank you for saving us. <laughs> yeah. So now, yeah, he, he seems like maybe he's kind of a scumbag, but what do you think about this version of Jack Duquesne? He's clearly not quite the comic book version that people are expecting when they heard he was in the series. What do you think he's actually a villain in this thing? I, I do. I think he is going to be the villain. I think he's the one who killed, uh, you know, the guy who got stabbed. I can't you do. Okay. I do. I think it was him. Uh, I, but maybe it's just because I read comics and stuff and I'm just expecting uh-huh. it. But it's like he's another MCU likable villain to me. Uh, I expect him to, because he is the CEO of that of that uh, company, is a shell company for the yeah. uh, mafia, the tracksuit mafia. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to be quite as evil. 
I just think yeah. he's shit. Maybe like a um. Oh, it's escaping me now. What am I doing here? Um, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, uh, uh Carter, uh, Sharon Carter. No, no, no. The the guy. Uh, <laughs> why is this? Why is this happening? Um, the, the guy that they get out of prison. Um, oh. He, <laughs> oh, uh, oh God! Now you said it. Oh man, look at us. Well, I want to say Nemo. Why do I want to say Nemo? What's his name? Baron Zemo. Zemo. Well, only because I'm a Zemo. huge stunt. <laughs> so I feel like an idiot. Baron Zemo. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jack yeah. Duquesne. He's another. He's another Baron Zemo. Yeah, maybe like him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm kind of disagreeing. I think that they're setting him up that way. I think that they're putting him out there for the comic book, you know, readers to go up. Oh, that's him. That's that's the guy. He's bad in the comics. He he does, though, at one point in the comics, make a turnaround like where he's not such a bad guy. So it could be that, too, like you're saying. Um, I just I don't I think it looks too easy. Like, I think they're serving it up on a platter. That might be true because this show is really good. Yeah, I think. <laughs> what about Eleanor? She might be up to something. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I wrote beside her name. Mom sketchy. I mean, she made that phone call, and she keeps changing the subject. Yeah. Whenever she wants to talk about, uh, whenever uh, Kate wants to talk about Jack, maybe Eleanor's the one, and just put the show company in his name. Maybe she's the sketchiest fucking. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Jack doesn't know. Yeah, maybe he's the CEO of this company, but he doesn't realize it's being used to launder money for the tracksuit mob. Maybe he just took that sword because he thought it was a really cool sword. <laughs> It is a really cool sword. <laughs> no nefarious means at all. Like he just saw it on the floor and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take that." Yeah, I like swords. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Um, so. Yeah, this whole like conversation it was very funny. Um, every time Kate like says something, Hawkeye kind of like shoots her down with it. Like, no, that's not true at all. We're, <laughs> not, we're not friends. Yeah. And then and, she later introduces herself as a partner slash best friend. Yeah, Clint, uh, Hawkeye's partner slash best friend. Yeah, so th this conversation with the parents, it's like it's comedic. It's really funny, and then they move on to um, it's like Eleanor to me is the most sketchy. Like, yeah, you know, it's way more than Jack. I think I think they started off like, oh, this is the bad guy. This is him. He's and, and he's like the other coming in. You're not supposed to like him anyway. Right, right, right. Uh, but everything playing. he's done, you're right. It's kind of like Baron Zemo. Like everything he's done has been kind of charming, kind of funny. Yeah. Um, like I like, like it. He's messing up his things. Yeah, I'm a fan. I like Jack Duquesne. <laughs> so Eleanor walks Hawkeye out and kind of explains, you know, like, "Hey, I care about my daughter, man. I don't want her to get killed. Please stop." But is she? Is she more concerned about her daughter? I, I think she cares about her daughter, clearly. But is she more concerned about that, or is she just trying to get Hawkeye to stop pursuing this case? Because that's what she said. She didn't say, so mm -hmm. clear you're going to make sure she stays safe. So, so we're clear you're going to stop the investigation. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, and I love that he's just like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's got to get that running. I mean, yeah, he can't yeah. do that. And so then we see that he got the sword, though. He did get the sword out. Mm -hmm. So he gets the sword out. Um, so what does that mean? Does he have the suit now and the sword back? Now, his as he's walking out, he, he had texted his wife to look into the Sloan LTD. 
and his wife calls him up. And this is where it gets kind of weird because never have we seen Laura display this kind of like this side of herself. She seems like, what's that? I think she started speaking Russian at one point, didn't she? Yes, yes. And she seems to know a little bit too much spy-y stuff. You know, she seems like she's really in on this. Well, I always felt like he was open to her with her about everything. Like even, even yeah. Natasha went, you know, so she was very in the know. But yeah, it's making me think that that watch has something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, brought, she brought the watch up. I thought that was interesting. Like. Hawkeye, it wasn't even on his radar. She just called him up like, hey, this watch yeah. was, you know. It's kind of like getting the Ronin suit was the MacGuffin of the show, you know. He couldn't, that right. was what he had. That was progressive. And then it got passed to this hmm. this watch now. Because he was done. He was ready to go home. He had everything. Like, he was going to get rid of all the Ronin stuff. But then his wife called him. Now he's got to get right. this watch. Exactly. Exactly. So then there's that. And then there's the fact that Kate's not quite safe yet. They still think she's Ronan, so he's like, I got to take care of this, too. You know, and, and he does go later and talk to We'll get to that. But we get the next scene where the her parents, not her parents, her mom and Jack are, are, you know, talking to her. And like you said, she's like changing the subject. She's like, oh, help me claim pray this uh, Christmas party. Uh, and yeah, yes. And then it just kind of Jack changes the subject. He asks her to dance. And um, and then it seems like Kate's kind of coming around on old Jack because like, you know, it's making her mom happy. Clearly, she's like, I've never seen you like this. And it is kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. I did love, though, the uh, the aphorisms that Jack like messing things up. Yeah, absence makes it's... the heart grow older. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Absence makes the heart grow older. And he's like, it does grow older. Yeah, that makes you're like, God, this guy's likable. <laughs> yeah, like, I like him. I like him. That was a good I, scene. Like, it really did make him seem like. And then he he even called them a family. Like, he makes me think maybe he really is like in. Like, he thinks this is. Yeah, he comes off as like almost like unwitting. He almost kind of seems like you know the man who knew too little. Like he he's not. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than like he's not in on any of the jokes. Like he's the butt of every joke, like silly guy. Um, but yeah, I like I like Jack. Anyway, so we get the uh, I think this is probably my favorite part of the episode. I know the end is really cool, but I love this whole, you know, Clint and Kate Christmas party kind of montage. That's probably I, I my favorite scene right beside it on my notes. Like, I really like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. She shows up. You know, they get the the daiquiris going, and she has her list, and she's like, "Cops, we need to get the cops off my back." <laughs> like, her her, yes. her there was perfect comic timing pause. Yes, and I love I love the uh, the permanent marker bit. Like, is that dry erase? Is just the tree in I, front of it? <laughs> yeah, I lost it. I lost it when he was like, "Is that dry erase?" And it's not at all. Like, and then you look at what she had written up there. That's on someone's wall forever. Like. <laughs> These secret plans. I love it. Um teaching her how to flip coins. Yeah. Do you know how to do that? Can you flip coins? Yeah. I can too. I didn't I thought it was weird that she was like, What? This is crazy. Right. Now I'm not I'm not Hawkeye with it, but I can definitely hit some stuff. It was uh something my I mean, my uncle used to sit and do it all the time with beer bottle caps, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was always a thing. My my brother used to um well, I, you know, my older brother used to torture me, he used to, like flip pennies at me all the time. And so right. <laughs> then I, I taught myself to do it back, you know. We used to do that and uh, throw playing cards at each other. 
Like, and if you get playing cards right, you can cut somebody with it, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So we used to get, me and my brothers used to be pretty good at flipping pennies and throwing playing cards, and we would just attack each other. Yeah. Good times. Good times yeah. growing up. Um, so they're having a great time. Uh, it, it, like, like I said, it's the most fun part of the episode for me. They're, they're having a, they're actually kind of bonding. You know, it started off the episode where he's kind of like, we're not friends. We're not partners. We're not going to, and you know, now it kind of seems like he's warming up to her a little bit and, um, they're laughing together and, and, and but by the end of the night, it kind of gets more real and he finally cops to the Ronin. Like he's like, she asked him, like, is it you? And he was just straight up. Yeah. You know, I, we all did different things during the blip, you know, like we, we all dealt with it in different ways. And, um, yeah, I, people were wondering if he would, I, I had a, a guy write in an email a, a couple episodes ago and he was like, you know, does Clint end up revealing to her that he was the Ronin by the end of the series? And I'm like, yeah, I think it had to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that was a major, a major thing. And I think, I think it has to be revealed to Maya as well, to Echo. Yeah, well, that, that'll be probably last episode. It's got to be. I yeah. like the whole, uh, I like the whole um, boomerang era. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's like, no, you got to dodge it. <laughs> yeah, and that was, you know, that was another thing straight from the comic. I love that it was like a, they were, it was a little hat tip to the comic because in the comic, he did have a boomerang arrow and he took it very seriously. In this series, she's like, well, why don't you make a boomerang arrow? And he's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I love that part. And I love that it was straight from the comic. Um, mm-hmm. The part where he talks about uh, Natasha and all that, I wrote, yeah. just made a note. He is an intense actor. Like, you feel yes. like his hurt in that scene. Like, yeah. He, he, I'm glad he's getting this series. I really am. <laughs> like, he's really good. And I haven't really watched Haley Seinfeld. I felt it much, but he's mm-hmm. really good. He's funny. Yeah, I'm. I'm really impressed by this series, by the acting in this series. I'm really impressed by the storytelling. It's it's what? gearing up what? to. Depending on how they end it, it's gearing up to be my favorite one yet. As it's getting there for me too. I mean, it's really good. It feels like it feels like an MCU movie, like yeah. uh, like a continuation of the MCU. Falcon Winter Soldier didn't feel like a continuation for some reason to me it was just kind of flat at times to me i don't know how your feelings were to it but um this one feels like it this one feels like the mcu so what up until now was like your top series of these i love wandavision i really did i loved wandavision and uh i mean i like loki a lot too it was yeah really fun i'm not the biggest fan of what if i didn't think it was great really I, I like some of the stories and stuff in it, and I love animation. You know, like yeah, that's not an issue. just I don't know. I just uh, I, I don't know if it wasn't what I was expecting. It's exactly what I was expecting. What if stories? But I don't know. I just didn't. It just didn't hook, hook me. Did but, you maybe not expect it to be like, oh, we're gonna make it all connect? You know, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I expected it to just be like Monster of the Week type situation. Yeah. The white of comics, like what if yeah. this happened? If this happened. Right. Uh, I think that bothered a lot of people actually is that like, okay, of all the series, yeah, we love that it all connects, but this one you could have had not connect and it would have been fine. Like there was no reason for it. Well, if you're gonna do a what if that connects, why don't you do an exile series? You know, kind of do like people yeah. jump around what if 
universes. Like, yeah. That was because you would they would have the continuity with it. But if you're doing what if, like I think I, I personally just thought it was I didn't know it was going to connect and everything. And I mean, it's not like I mean maybe I had such a sour taste about it immediately that I didn't enjoy it the whole way. Maybe I should watch it again. But I don't know. It just wasn't. It was cool. It had cool moments. It had cool animation. Um, yeah. But this wasn't. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Well, cool. So, WandaVision and 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 now, so this has potential to take that top spot, though. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's yeah. really good. It is. It, it is. Off with the Rogers uh, in the first episode, the Broadway yeah. show. Who? I don't know who who saw this coming because I didn't. I like I didn't. When I heard there was going to be a Hawkeye series, I was just kind of like, okay. Like I didn't. I was, yeah. Like all right. I guess that'll. I mean, if I guess that's fine. Um, I wasn't expecting for it for me to be like this much. I'm anticipating each episode and and this heavy into it. Like it it is. Right. I'm excited about it. Some of the other series like. They're good, and I watch an episode, and you know, for this podcast, I usually watch them several times, right, to prepare for you know, breaking it down and talking about it. Um, this series so far has never been not a joy to rewatch, even though I'm watching it two or three times. Every time, it's still good. It's not like, all right, this happens and this happens. Like, I'm, I'm really into it on the rewatches. It, uh, I agree. I watched this one two times, and mm-hmm. uh, just as much. The- second time as I did the first time. Um, and about getting excited for the show, like I said at the beginning, is Hawkeye was my favorite Avenger in the comics, but yeah. he's a little background character. So I was, you know, like, okay, the show will be fine. But then as more things started releasing and I saw the style and saw that it seemed like it was going to be taken off of the Fraction series, Fraction yeah. Odyssey, that I started getting more excited for it. And I think that was the case for a lot of people. Like, because yeah. then we kind of idea of what was what was about to be going on and uh and a lot of people on twitter were excited about Haley Seinfeld so I just went around went along with it said okay yeah. she's gonna be and uh she is good so far it's a very good series yeah she has been surprising to me I've always liked Jeremy Renner um in all kinds of things I liked him even in that um that one-off born movie he was in like I loved yeah. him in tag like I I love this dude I think he's great I can walk it up first thing i remember seeing them in yes her. yes and you know i had never heard of her this is the first thing i've seen her in so I realized she was the little girl from uh uh from the remake of the western why can't i think of the name? uh crap i don't know i'll finish the sentence <laughs> in a second. all right i'm sorry so, that's all right she was in yeah true grit the remake of true grit i don't know why i couldn't think of it she was the little girl. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't even know that. See, I had no idea. Only movie I've seen of her in. So <laughs> that was my only knowledge of her. But I found out she was the little girl in Trigger. I didn't know her from anything else. Yeah, well, she is. She's like I said, surprising as hell to me. Like I, I'm, I'm loving her in this. She's really funny. Her, her comedic timing is perfect. She's really good in the next scene where she goes through the uh, larpers. Yes. Yeah, so so she goes to recruit the the same LARPers that Clint encountered earlier, and um and yeah, she's I, I don't know, she's a little more open to them I think than Clint is. Um, and it's pretty, it's actually pretty funny how quickly she falls in with them because like at first she's kind of standoffish, and then by the next time we see them, they're like all best friends. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's good as a Viking. 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, actually, this brings up something when we were talking about spoilers that kind of bugged me, and it's Disney's fault. If you go to Disney Plus and go to the Hawkeye show, you see him uh-huh. and his, them both in their new costumes. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit of a spoiler, like, that that, that is going to happen. We know it's going to happen for sure. He's going to put that costume on. Uh, that that bugs me. But I, I think that should be a funny reveal. But now I know it's going to happen. Disney yeah. Plus. Get together. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. I'm like, why are they... They keep, like, teasing it on the show when we already know. We already right. know it's going to... Um, I like the pressure who's going to make it for it. But I like to think that all their costumes are going to look exactly the same. So they're all going to look like Hawkeyes. Yeah. I wonder if they come into play at some point because I, I'm I'm almost thinking that they enlist the help of the LARPers towards the end or something. Like I think in the comic they did for another reason. Like, um, you know, obviously it wasn't it wasn't the same scenario, but I'd be interesting to see the the way that they've brought them back already for a second kind of scene, a set of scenes, makes mm-hmm. me think that they might bring them back one more time at the end. And they gave them all names. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. They all have names. Like they all have speaking roles. Right. Like, seems like they might go a little bit further. Yeah. I mean, gotta take that bombshell bag back to her. Yeah, I think we'll see him. I think we'll see him for sure. And then that final episode, probably like you know when they when they have like no chance of escaping or something. Here come the Larpers to save the day. Mm-hmm. Well, they gotta bring in their suits somehow. So maybe yeah. that'll be a thing. That'll be funny though. Yeah. So uh, Clint goes to uh, to see Kazi and he kind of tries to convince him to, to to convince Maya, you know, Ronan's dead. You're, you're chasing a ghost. And there's some cool stuff in the background here. I've heard other people call out, too. But like we got the trust a bro van again. Right. Which I loved when they first did that. But uh-huh. um, it's the second appearance of this fat man auto sign so there's a there's like a sign that says like fat man auto repair or something like that in the background and people were saying that's like you know a, a nod to kingpin a lot of people were speculating that kingpin's going to show up in this series where are you where do you fall on that do you think that was vincent d'onofrio in the in the maya scene when she was a little girl uh hmm. I, I didn't think so oh man you hadn't even thought about it oh i had <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay well you got to go back and watch episode three yes apparently right there is a scene where maya is doing she's learning martial arts and she's like in a martial arts competition or something mm-hmm. and uh her dad's like well i'm gonna go home and your uncle's gonna take you home later and her uncle comes up you only see him from the back and he like pinches her cheek and get, like laughs and that's it and it sounds like Vincent D'Onofrio. All you see is the back of him. It's a it's a suit, yeah. right? And you see his kind of his hand looks kind of big. I don't know, man. <laughs> I hadn't even no. I never. I didn't. I read that. I didn't put that together at all. Yeah, huh. yeah. So, why well, someone else clued me into it first? There's, they said, um, you know that. I think we were on episode one and my buddy was like, man, I hope Kingpin shows up in this series. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if Kingpin's going to show up. And then uh, the next person I talked to goes, yeah, you know, you know why he thinks that he's like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't know why he thinks that. But the reason people are saying Kingpin might show up is because Echo is the adopted daughter of Kingpin. 
And I was like, oh. Double character. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't even know that. So now I'm like on Kingpin watch every week. <laughs> I, uh, and, um, that, that's, you, did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Um, no, I didn't. Okay, so I didn't watch it until later on in life. And one of my friends was a huge fan of it. And he had a signed cast photo. And uh-huh. when I looked at this photo, something from the show got spoiled for me. And I was still in the first season, and I waited every episode for that spoiled thing to happen. It, like, ruined episodes. So I'm like, oh, what's going to happen now? Like, it's going to happen now. And it didn't happen until, like, the last season. I think seven seasons long. That's funny. But you get that one spoiled thing, you're just looking for it. You're looking for it constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that, you know, I really do, the, because I love that Daredevil series so much. Like, I'm currently, it. this show made me want to go back and watch it because now I'm on Kingpin watch. Right. And so yeah. I'm like, man, I want to go back and watch that. And so I went back and this is like my third or fourth rewatch of the daredevil series. I love it that much. Um, and just the more I watch it, I just finished season one. And the more I like, I'm on season two now. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go. I'm on for the ride now. And like, <laughs> I want to see him so bad now. Like, yes. And then I guess there was some confirmation recently that, uh, Charlie Cox was going to be, playing daredevil in the mcu um so that kind of makes it much more possible that the denafrio is returning as well well they're bringing cast members back from that show they should bring like the guy who played foggy was really yeah. good you know yes. like they should bring everybody back if they're gonna bring i understand that they can't but man like that whole show was cast so well yeah it was so good it's such a good show i liked uh i loved the first season of jessica jones like I thought that, yeah. and I and might have been because of the villain. Yeah, that it was really good. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I put it on with Daredevil, but then Daredevil just continued to be so good. <laughs> that was the interesting thing about Daredevil. Like then the second season, they're like, "Oh, now we're gonna give you the Punisher," and then it was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god!" And this was like, "Oh, not only the Punisher, the best Punisher you've ever seen, John Bernthal." And Elektra was really good in it too. Yes. Like, it's very. It was a very well casted uh, show. Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin was great. That was such a great choice. And I never knew in my life, you know what I mean? Like I never would have imagined if someone said cast Kingpin. You know, <laughs> fan casting. No, there is no world in which I would have picked Vincent D'Onofrio. But my God, I'm glad somebody saw it. Yeah, like the Edgar suit, you wouldn't think that guy would be like, yeah. Kingpin. Right. <laughs> well, it's crazy. He's he's a, he's a great actor, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. yeah, I love him. He, I mean, I knew him as Private Pile, and I knew him from Men in Black. Yep. You know, it's yep. like it's these two totally different characters. Like right. he, he's he's a good actor. Right. And then you see him, you know, when he puts weight back on, and and he's playing a character like Kingpin. You're like, oh, like that's it. It. He looks like Private Pile again. He's like just a little more mean, bigger, intimidating. But yeah, it was interesting to see him like return to that look, but instead of being like a wildly opposite character, I mean, it's still, you know, he, he gets, he does still go crazy, but he's not, you know, it, I think in Full Metal Jacket, how like most of the movie, he's just demeaned and put down and, you know, yeah. um, abused. And it's like, this is a different character altogether. Well, it's not like a push to the point, snapping insane, crazy. He's right. like, and methodical genius yeah. level 
crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, so. we're getting we're getting off track. <laughs> we're getting a little off track. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so talking to Kazi, I like it when he threw the gun. <laughs> Kazi saw what happens in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I love I love when Kazi's like, "Can I have my gun back?" And he's like, "Yeah." What do you? No. <laughs> he's like, "No." What, what do you think? No, I'm not giving you. This is the dumbest question. So I I don't know. I think that guy probably does. He he probably agrees with Clint. He really does want her to just leave it alone. He does one with but, the episode two or three when he tried to talk to her about it. Like yeah. he's already this to talk Simpson to her. Yeah. How did Clint know that she he had that she had the obsession with Raiden? Did he get all that just from their first encounter? I think so. I mean, unless there's something we just aren't aware of right now. I think it, it had to have been, right? Like she Exactly. Like Ma's gotta stop her obsession with Raiden. Like Yeah. Was she obsessed? Clint, what where are you getting this? <laughs> I was like, how did he how did he pick up on that? Because it's not like he was reading the sign language. Yeah. She was um well, he knew that she was tracking the suit, that they were after the suit, whoever was in the suit. And then she was asking him through the translator, like, about, he was trying to convince her that, oh, that, that's not her. She She's not the Ronin. Look at her. She's nine, right? So, I don't know. I guess he just gleamed that she's obsessed. <laughs> they chased yeah. them down the street, you know? Yeah. Right. I was just like, I just thought it was weird. He put some matter of fact, he's like, you got to tell him, uh, she's got to stop this obsession. Like, he picked up that fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he did like it, just the fact like because he doesn't know that it's been a lifelong thing you know what i mean he has no idea yeah i'm not thinking of the it was just i just thought i was so funny like how did he know <laughs> like, he right matter. <laughs> there are some leaps sometimes they do make some leaps so all right laura tracks down the rolex to an apartment building and so she calls up hawkeye hey this is where it's at um, we need to get this thing back. And yeah, it's like, who is Laura, man? Like, how is she so involved? Why does she have access to the tracker? Like, why is she so involved? Who are the contacts that will talk to her? Like, if she's just the wife. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, normally he always, not what you see. He always knew he kept his family in hiding because he didn't want people to know he had a family. Or is it because his right. wife's actually, like, in hiding? Right. Right. And that's, I'm speculating, but you know, she could be um, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. You know, maybe she was part of everything at some point back in the day and they decided to have a family. So she got out. Um, I think she is a character in the comic books at, at some point. It's, it's a different origin completely, but they could play it like that. Like, oh, she used to be some badass, you know, and that's how they well, met. Well, I couldn't remember what her name was at first. And I thought, well, was she. Bobby, like, is she Mockingbird? Because they dated yeah. forever. But obviously, right. right. But but the thing is with the MCU is they'll they'll change things sometimes. Like, so it, it they could do that. They could be like, well, she used to be Mockingbird. You know what I mean? Maybe that's <laughs> what they'll do, and just be like, well, but her name's Laura, or maybe Laura is an assumed name. Maybe it's not her real name. Well, then I thought, well, they couldn't because Mockingbird was in Agents of Shield. But then they announced recently that Agents of Shield. Is no longer canon with MCU, so they could mm -hmm. recast people. Oh, it's yeah, I'm strict speculation. We shall see. Yeah. All right. Or read about it four hours after everyone else sees. Yes, that's probably how it'll go down. So they they track they track the Rolex to this apartment. Um, 
you know, Kate takes it upon herself to like, she's going to go in instead of Hawkeye. He's not paying attention. She just goes in. And I love that she just decides to just go in and take the elevator. She walks around with that uh, bow very confident. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was, that's something that throughout this whole series is like, she just carries this bow around and no one even questions it. Walking through the park with a bow and a quiver. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess she's well, walking towards Warpers, so maybe it doesn't seem so weird. Yeah, it makes sense there, but like carrying a guy's groceries up to his apartment for him. Right, while holding a bow. Right, a little weird. Um, but yeah, she gets in and uh, finds the Rolex. And boom, this is where it gets crazy, right? Because they, they realized that the strobe lights were, oh, that's a that's an alarm for people who can't hear. That, that's all that is. Um, but Clint thinks Maya is there fighting him. Right. And she but not even sees Rolex, a list of his entire family. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that like, yeah, it's like, oh, she's got this list. Oh, shit, that's, that's Maya's apartment. That's what's going on. And then she's like, oh, it's Maya. She's here. They're, and she's fighting her. And he thinks he's out there fighting Maya. I thought that mm-hmm. was really interesting. But as soon as he said, like, as soon as she was fighting Maya and he was like, who am I fighting? I knew it was Yelena. I don't know if you knew it, right? Well, you got it spoiled, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what got spoiled for me. <laughs> um, but did you, were you already looking for her in this series because of Black Widow or? Yes, I was. Uh, yeah. Because of the, Obviously, the credit scene of Black Widow. So I assume yeah. she was going to be showing up at some point. And I like how she showed up and bounced. Like, it's yeah. taller than you. Yeah, I like it. And I, you know, I'm kind of upset that that Disney Plus does this. They put out so many promos for the shows, like constantly, mm-hmm. that like day after day, they're coming out like well, as soon as they drop an episode, then they drop like a teaser for the next episode or like a teaser for the rest of the season. And I'm like, stop. Stop. I'm glad that they didn't show us her beforehand, but now that they have, even before a lot of people have watched it, they're putting out trailers with her in it. And I'm like, stop. Give it a little time. Yeah. Uh, I want to double one second. Uh, the watch. He told her when they're on the rooftop that uh, if someone got the watch, the watch has all the information for the person who owned its identity, and then they can kill him. And then yes. beside the watch is his entire family's list. Like yes. name, so that makes that another doubled up made me think that it was his wife's watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... I, it's yeah, I think that's likely, man. Um, it's kind of a bulky kind of manly watch, but I don't know. Maybe it was a gift from his wife to him at some point, and like right. something's in it. Maybe there's something engraved on it, or some some kind of memory chip in it. Who knows? But. Yeah, when this series first started and that, that first episode where they broke in and they're like, oh, we got the watch. That's the most important thing. Get the watch. I thought it was going to be like Stark Tech or something, yeah, something like I, that. Same. Yeah. And so it's kind of neat. I'm glad it turned out to be like, we don't know what the hell it is. I, I like that. And mm-hmm. um, so, like I said, I'm also reading the comics right now. It reminds me very, very strongly of this little storyline they did of the videotape it's called the tape and Mm -hmm. it was all about hawkeye tracking down this tape that had been sold on the black market that implicated an avenger like it's very close to this yeah um but you know in the comic it it turns out that it's hawkeye on the tape 
And then there's right. a whole other explanation behind that. But I do find it interesting. It, it's a very similar storyline that it's like this this item that was on a black market auction that all the bad guys wanted to get it. Yeah, um, that was in was that in the first first that trade? was it was in the first trade. So it was towards the end. Yeah, like like the last two issues. Are... I was going to go back and read. It, I saw it on the my Hoopla app, so uh-huh. I I'd borrow it from there and read it. Yeah. Once I finish the series, though, because I don't want to re-remind myself of everything that goes on. Yeah, 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 no. I know. I, the only reason I'm okay with doing it is I don't think they'll do it exactly the same. They usually change something. Um, this one's than a lot of them have been the Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's my probably best guess right now is Laura. Like, just the way she's acting, these new insights into, like, these skills she has. I didn't know she could speak Russian. I didn't know that um, she knew so much behind the scenes stuff. And then she was the one that brought up the watch. It just feels very personal for her. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought for a second when she spoke Russian, I was like, oh, shit, was she a widow? But obviously she had children. Right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they can't do that. That's as <laughs> Yelena told us in the <laughs> Black Widow in graphic detail. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that movie, too. I thought Black Widow was really good. I just thought it should have been a one movie, like just the way that yeah. it uh, was shot and like the feel of it. Yeah, seemed more like, early on, but I, I thought it was pretty good. I really loved it. I thought it was great and um, had me really excited for Yelena showing up later. Um, it was really good. I, that, that movie. Yeah, and I I loved that whole movie. I thought it was really great. Um, I think I don't know about Phase One. But I do think that it should have come out where it was on the timeline for sure. Like definitely yeah. like after Civil War, you know, before Infinity War and Endgame. Correct. Yeah, it yeah. definitely should have come out at some point there. Like it, it sucks that we didn't get that story without knowing what would happen to her. Yeah. Because I feel like it would have been so impactful. Not only that. Um, yeah, not only that, but like the the death scene when we do get to Endgame would have been like, oh man, we know her so much more now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just she's been around since what Iron Man two. Yeah, and like she could have her movie could have came sooner. It was good too. Sure. I really for David sure. Harper was funny in it. Yeah. All right, so they're all battling on the roof. Even Maya, Maya joins on the roof. Kate's up there helping him. And um, that's when we get the big reveal. It's Yelena. The roof first. Attempts to slide to the roof first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She gets stuck halfway. And, I, you know, I, it's funny because weren't they just talking beforehand about, like, the exit strategy and, like, that's what's most <laughs> important? It was like Hawkeye had it planned to work really well, and it did not work out so well. Maybe she just didn't give enough oomph when she jumped. Yeah, you know? maybe. He was, maybe it was his weight that he was calculating. Yeah, maybe. It's the first time, you know, zip lining on a a bow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and she got kicked when she made it to the end. Yeah. <laughs> she got kicked it, real hard. Yeah, so they're all battling it out, and she is kind of going toe-to-toe with a, with a widow. Um, but yeah, we get the reveal, though. She she shoots that kind of stun arrow, that, like, flashbang, pulser, whatever it is, arrow. And um, that gives Clint, like, the ability to get the, the mask off. And then he's like, oh, shit. And now I'm I'm curious if Clint knows that that's Natasha's sister. 
I mean, obviously he knew she was a widow because the way she fought and she had this thing. But yeah. uh, I wondered if, I mean, him and Tasha were close. I wondered if she ever mentioned her sister. He wouldn't know what she looked like, I wouldn't think. Well, maybe she right. would. Past. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then it's like they clearly never met, though, because she didn't know who he was. Like, she didn't know anything about him. So, um, yeah. She didn't know his best friend. She knows this person who killed her sister. Right. Interesting, too, because he in no way killed. <laughs> he in no way killed her. I think it's my my buddy I had on the first episode was like, you know, that would be probably kind of hard to explain, though. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I didn't kill her. We were on this um, other world. Um and Red Skull was there, and, and he said that one of us had to sacrifice our lives, and I tried to sacrifice my life, but then she stopped me, and she sacrificed. He's like, it doesn't really sound that believable. I'm like, right? Yeah, yeah, but in a world where Thanos snaps his fingers and half the people disappear, yeah, I think people, I think people could believe that. I think it's believable. Um, and what that punch would the Thanos is right stuff be to the superheroes? That yeah. Hurt. Yeah, that that actually made another appearance in this episode too, because it was in the um on the urinal in that first episode. But yeah, the coffee cup. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny. Clint's just drinking out of a Thanos was right coffee cup. I know. I was like, I guess he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so how how do you think? How quickly do you think they clear this up? Because I don't think they're going to go too long with the Clint versus Yelena, like, or even Kate versus Yelena. I think. I feel like they're going to clear it up fairly quickly. Uh, what is it? Uh, six episodes or eight episodes? Six episodes. So we got two six left. Yeah, they better do it pretty quickly. <laughs> um, I'd say, I feel like they're going to, uh, well, let me start off with saying this ended in a trope that I hate. The, you're not my partner. It's too dangerous. I got to do this alone. Like, I hate yes. that trope. Shows. Um, because at this point, you think he would have realized that it goes a lot smoother with help. Um, yeah. uh, you know, like, so that whole cliffhanger of we're not partners, I never liked you, get out of here, dog, you know, throw a rock at it, I don't love you anymore. Like, yeah. th- that whole trope bugs me. So I hated that it ended with that. This show's written so well that I thought they were better than that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. other than that, and not, and no pizza dog in the episode, upset about no pizza dog. But other than those two things, like, uh, I feel like, well, now that you're making me think about the Kingpin, I feel like the Maya thing is going to sort itself out that way. <laughs> with yeah. Introducing Kingpin. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be very long, like, almost a little bit over halfway through the next episode for him and Cat are on good terms again, I would mm-hmm. think. It can't be too long because they got to, you know, we have time to plan for whatever the finale is. Yeah. Well, what about, what about, um, Yelena believing that Clint killed her sister. How do you think that? I mean, is that you think they'll wrap that up in the series? Like she'll believe it by the end? I don't because no, I think they're gearing up to Dark Avengers. If they're gearing up to Dark Avengers, they gotta have a reason to keep her there. Yeah, and I think the um, dangling the fact that you know this guy killed her sister is the only thing that's gonna keep her going. Uh, like yeah. keep in group with them because I just uh, widows you know, go on their own normally, right? Yeah. So um, it just seems to me that in order to keep her into what will eventually be what I assume the Dark Avengers, that she would have to still hate Hawkeye. Yeah. I wonder, it just seems like way too easy to clear up. That's my only thing is like... Yeah. 
I mean, it would be hard to prove. I mean, that's true. It would be hard to prove that he didn't. But a lot of people believe him. You know what I mean? It's not like, and I feel like it wouldn't be hard to figure out this guy's telling the truth. Like, that was his best friend. A quick Google search, because you know he's famous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think there was any video footage of what happened on on, uh, Formir or wherever they were when that happened. But, yeah. I feel like it, it feels like it's common knowledge, but maybe that's just to us as viewers. Mm-hmm. Like no one really knows what happened out there or, you know, how the Avengers saved the world. I don't think anyone's mentioned the fact that the Avengers went back in time or anything since we've gotten past that. Yeah, I couldn't really uh, keep up with what was going on in the Broadway show <laughs> to know exactly what they yeah. were talking about. Yeah, I, and I think, too, that, yeah, I think that one was like so focused on Battle of New York yeah. and that's that that's what that was about and that's that's i was actually confused by that i was like why is no one talking about all the events that happened in infinity war and endgame like you know everyone's still talking about battle of new york that's kind of surprising well it's a uh i think you said it on one of the other podcasts and it's kind of like a 9-11 type of it yeah but yeah that only happened to new york instead of the whole world so it's kind of like right they still feel it i guess yeah, no, it makes sense. It it, do, it does make sense as as that, and that's kind of what I came to thinking about that. Um, but yeah, I do still find it like odd though that no one's there hasn't been a lot of mention of, and maybe there shouldn't be. Maybe there's too much. Like in everything else, we're getting references to Thanos, references to Endgame, references to what happened. You know, we got you know the um, Wandavision was like solely like the fallout after that, and um, mm. how the world reacted to that with the sword and stuff like that. Um, good job of keeping this contained to Hawkeye and only Hawkeye. Like even with what you said about yeah. the watch, it could have been anybody's. Yeah. But it seems like it's going to be personal to Hawkeye. Like they're keeping it to where he's the main focus. They're not bringing in all the flashy super characters. Like yes, in order to keep it just Hawkeye, street level issues, mafia. Yeah. You know? I'm very happy with how small they're keeping the story. Right. Same. Yeah. And I and I hope they keep it that I hope it ends that way. I don't they don't like blow it, make it some huge thing at the end. It'd be cool to they could still introduce Kingpin because, you know, that's not a big MCU character. That's like it could still be personal. Right. Plus, they kind of have the feel of the Netflix shows and that it's street level. Plus, yes. You know, it's super event. It's exactly what Luke Cage and like Iron Fist and Daredevil yeah. be fighting. Like it's uh, so Kingpin could slip right in there and it's yeah. going to have very much the same feel. It did like even before I was super sure that Kingpin was going to be in this, like it made me want to go watch Daredevil because it was just there was a feel to it that was like, this reminds me of something this this, you know, something I missed. Like and I went back and man, I I zipped right through Daredevil. It's so damn good. You know, I love that scene in Daredevil where he's a crap when he's in prison. He grabs his hands like when he's talking to him in prison. Yes. Uh, I love that scene. He's so intimidating. Yeah, yeah, I'd, and it'd be cool. And and like I said, I, I don't care if he shows up in the series. Um, it, I, it, I, I want it to be him. If they keep doing this like teaser, like oh, Kingpin, Kingpin, he's behind the scenes. Then I want it to eventually be Kingpin. They don't have to do it in the Hawkeye series if they don't want to. I know there's a lot to accomplish here. You know, we've got with introducing Yelena, you've got that storyline now to play out mm-hmm. you've got the my the maya storyline to play out and the watch like what's with the watch we, we're gonna find out about the watch in two episodes we got to do all this so i'd be okay with like 
we're going to tease you with with Wilson Fisk, and then maybe he shows up in the Echo series that that's coming out, or you know right. something like that. And I don't know is that series supposed to be prequel? Is it like her growing up and stuff, or is it her after this? I don't know. I don't know no idea. I don't know why I didn't think about Kingpin until you said something about it, but now it's all I'm going to be thinking about, and it seems like <laughs> yeah. Okay, a cool character, especially if you read the Daredevil series um, when she was introduced to stuff, but why else put her, a character that's not extremely recognizable, in there if she isn't yeah. the season easy access to bring in Kingpin? Yeah. Especially because they've already announced that if there's going to be a Daredevil MCU, it will be Charlie Cox, which is pretty much saying Charlie yeah. Cox Daredevil will be an MCU. So, I mean... There's too much. Look, and, and if they're going to announce that, why would they not bring D'Onofrio? Everyone loves him. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, D'Onofrio is watching this series. He's watching Hawkeye. Yeah. And he has been <laughs> cool. character Kingpin, like loving playing yeah. the character. Yeah. So come yeah. on. I mean, he's, why he's else? Just, I mean, this, this guy's like anticipating the Hawkeye series. Come on. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. Yeah, he's I not guess, in it or anything. He's just he's just like I love it, man. This is great. He's like, like he's outdoors. He's like I gotta get home. Uh, Hawkeye's dropping at midnight. I gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can imagine Vincent D'Onofrio being like that. <laughs> but yeah, I I hope it's him, man. Like there's, like you said, some of the best casting there's ever been in terms of superhero casting was in that series. And I wouldn't have called it if you would have told me like beforehand, hey, these are the people playing these characters in this. I'd be like, well, who the hell's that guy? I don't know him, and Vincent D'Onofrio from Law and Order. Like uh, right? the guy played, he only knew him from uh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah. Was so, <laughs> and I, I got to say, of all those Netflix series, that one was definitely cast the best, um, and played out the best. Like was consistent. I don't know of any um, series really that is run for three seasons like that, other than like the greats, right? Like the great one, the Breaking Bad's, the ones that like are all-time greats. There is not many series that can be consistent. Season one, season two, season three. And season three, you know, it didn't end because people weren't watching it. People loved season three. It was fantastic. It it got canceled. (laughs) Like, no one could believe it. Right. Uh, Business. Yeah, and it was was upsetting. So I would love to see, and I think it would be um, silly not to go back to that well for, for Marvel because... They know they had a cash cow there. Like, people loved that series. I love how Charlie Cox, like, stole the helmet. That he'd always, he'd randomly post pictures of him, like, sitting on his couch with the helmet on, with big beards and stuff, like, just waiting. Yeah. He's into it, man. I love that. Same thing with D'Onofrio. It's like, you could tell they really loved it, and they loved that the fans loved it. You know what I mean? The reception that they loved, like. Yeah. Because I'm sure. I'm sure some of playing Daredevil is not very fun at all. Like being in that suit and like doing all this stuff. And like, I'm sure. And, you know, pretending to be blind. Like, I, I don't know how this, it would be a difficult role. I think I feel like it would be a difficult role. And you always hear from these superhero actors and stuff that like, yeah, it's kind of sucks being in that outfit all day. It's not fun. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like that they really responded to the fans reaction to that series. And like, appreciate and they and and obviously they were surrounded by a lot of talent like it was probably a lot of fun to interact with you know each other yeah it was 
That was a great show. And on top of that, now being back around, Hawkeye is becoming a great show. I really want to see how it is. Yeah. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up here, let me let me pull up this email I got from someone and we will we'll kind of see what he has to say. And maybe we can give him some some uh, a response here. All right. Pull it up. All right. This is from friend of the show, Steve Banvard. And he says, for the first time in this series, I felt all right. Now, there's too many spinning plates in the air. As the list of antagonists grows exponentially, the Swordsman, Eleanor Bishop, the Tracksuit Bros, Kazi, Echo, and as much as we all love Florence Pugh's Yelena, her inclusion doesn't quite fit into the neatly wrapped story being told. With only two episodes left this season, I guarantee some plots will be left dangling, most obviously Echo, since she's getting her own series. This surely won't be the last time we see Yelena either. Question, do we know the significance of the Rolex watch? And now I feel like we we pretty much, you know, <laughs> I think we kind of just dissected that question. <laughs> yeah, I kept coming back to that, didn't it? Yeah, but what do you think about uh, kind of Steve's observations of like, there's just too much, like there's, you know, but adding Elena in might be too much. I do agree. I do think that there are a lot of, uh, I mean, he named every single antagonist there, but you could combine uh, Maya and Kazi and the, yeah. uh, the mafia people, you know, you can combine them together. But uh, I, don't think, I personally don't think that Elena is going to play out through this. Yeah, um, And it does throw a big wrench in the mix adding her in too, because it is only two episodes left. And now we do have a lot to cover, but I guess there is going to be, I feel like the Echo show wouldn't be like her trying to kill Quint Barton Ronan. So that has to clear up this season, I would imagine. Yeah, I think they'll resolve that. Guys, I think that's the main storyline here. I think the Yelena is kind of like a, a thing they just wanted to throw in, maybe a little fan service. And also, you know, very like Claremont-esque, like throw in this little plot line for later. Like, and, we'll and get back to it. She's always around. She attacked him while he was doing another mission. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, I, I think so too. I think he's right that they're going to leave some stuff dangling. I think they might leave the whole Kingpin reveal dangling that people are, are, are talking about. I think they might leave the Elena thing. Like, I think they might fight one more time, but then again, she probably goes off and we don't know what happens. Um, until later, like you said, maybe a Dark Avengers, maybe a, a Young Avengers story. Who knows what they're going to do? Um, but I think she was kind of put into this series as uh, to entice people to watch it. You know, one more thing to get people to be on the lookout for. Um, that they're still going to be using Florence Pugh. Yeah, it's like if you know they 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 put in that post credit scene, and they knew that that would get people more people on board for like oh this hawkeye series you know like i said great character but the mcu has not treated him very great he hasn't been that awesome for most of the time and i think that um they might have before before the series started they might have been worried about reception on the series like are people going to watch this or are people really interested in a hawkeye um series on its own um and so they're like you know this is just one more thing we'll throw in uh yelena people will be looking forward to that and then once they started dropping trailers, I think they realized that, like, oh, people are gonna, people are gonna be into this. Mm-hmm. But, but I think he's we, right. Do we know that Jack is the swordsman? Do we know that he's the swordsman? No, I mean, 
him is? He he's he's Jack Duquesne. Um, he has a bunch of swords. He speaks kind of in the same manner, <laughs> that like yeah. exaggerated French kind of accent. Um, but no, I mean he's never said swordsman. No one has said the name swordsman actually at all. That's just a stands again, huh? Yes, and and it, and it could be. I mean, the name Jack Duquesne is is Jacques Duquesne from the comics. It's like it's the same guy, but are they going to make him the swordsman? Is the swordsman going to be the same as he was in the comics? You know, we don't know that. Was Jack Duquesne the swordsman that was in the Thunderbolts? Because they could be building the Thunderbolts instead of the Dark Avengers, because they eventually became the Dark Avengers. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that that was, that was part of his storyline in comics. Baron Zemo is uh, the head of the Thunderbolts. Yeah. It could yeah. Done to that. That's what I'm trying to think. In every series now, I'm thinking, who are they going to recruit? And yeah. I'm thinking that if he is the swordsman, he could easily be recruited. What if, what if they do a gender swap? What if Eleanor is the swordsman? Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, she is the more sketchy of the two, it seems. Yeah. But he, now, he, hit, he is great at fencing. So they did showcase that. Right. Um, but, you know, all the swords in the house, they never actually said they were Jack's swords. Um, he could have been getting the sword for her, you know. Mm-hmm. The thing is, that I think Kate just says all the swords are up or swords are up. I don't think she stated whose swords they were. Because she didn't even know right. that he was saying. Right. She's like, what's with all the swords? And then the mom just says, a lot of things have changed. Right. Since it's been gone. So, yeah. don't know. <laughs> Could be. I mean, you would think she would know if her mom was a, a badass swordsman, swords yeah. person. Because the um, uh, <laughs> who was yelling at her at that party, like he did not like her. Yeah, something he straight up did not like, and he yeah. was obviously sketchy as shit. So, yeah. and that was the first clue that like sh- something's going on with her. Like she's in deep here. Whatever's going on. When Kate asked her what's going on, she's like, I don't even know. Yeah, which was a weird response. I don't even know what he's talking about. Crazy old guy. Got yelled at, but I don't even know he's yelled at before. (laughs) Yeah, strange response. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So, yeah, man, it could be any of those things. Could be, could be that that's a that's one more storyline that they kind of have to reveal too is the the Jack Duquesne story, right? They got a lot to do in these two episodes. Are these uh, episodes any longer? You know, sometimes I think. uh, they have the last episodes are a little bit longer. Or yeah, I, just... I mean, I doubt they would be much longer. I've noticed that the episodes so far have gotten shorter. Unfortunately, I that's the the only yeah. complaint I've had is that like they're a couple minutes shorter each one. Um, and I'm loving the series, but I do have that same worry, that same skepticism about like, can they wrap it up? Like, because they've done so well so far, I don't want to see them blow this one. It, it it more than any of the other series. I've felt the most excited about how this could turn out. And like, oh, I just want him to land it. You don't want to be like a lost situation and fall flat on all of your yes. storyline. Yes. That's what that's, that's my biggest concern is like sticking the landing and, and it's difficult to do. It's like, I think six episodes is a good length. I really do to tell a, a, a compact story, but I almost feel like in some of these, they're trying to jam in a little too much into right. the, compact story it's like hawkeye was doing really good keeping it small like we said keeping it street level keeping it only about these characters and that's 
that was its strong suit, and I hope that they don't make it so big that they can't keep it, you know, as grounded. I think they're. I mean, I'm hoping they're going to. I'm hoping it's going yeah. to. I hope it's going to be yeah. great. High hopes, man. High hopes. Yeah. I, like a I'm long trying not. I'm trying not to have my expectations too high because that's like a recipe for disaster. But it's just been so good so far, man. I'm really into it. People are probably like, shut up. Like, this is the most I've like bragged on a show yet. Um, but yeah, dude, um, I won't keep you any longer here. We've been on here for like an hour and a half already. Time flies. Uh, but thank you for doing this, man. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm glad we were able to finally make this work and, and hook up and talk and I hope to bring you back on the show at some point. You know, this has been awesome. I appreciate you asking me, man. Yeah, it's fun. I'll, I, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, we're both on the East Coast, so time frame yeah, really works. It does. I'm telling you, that that's one of the main issues I have with guests is, like, time zones. Because, yeah, man, with the Internet, you know, with Twitter, I'm in contact with people all over the world. And so it's like, it gets crazy sometimes. It's like, oh, okay, well, we'll record it at 2 p.m., my time, 6 a.m. your time. <laughs> it's fun, you know. Um, but yeah, so, this works out. 11 o'clock, midnight. Yeah, we're both Eastern time zoners. So yeah, man, anytime you want to come on, let me know. Reach out, dude. Like, hey, man, this series is coming up. It's one of my favorite characters or whatever. I want to get on for that one. Like, let me know. I'll you can come right back. I appreciate it. Man. Hey, you should uh, get on to um, Tony's uh, Comics in Motion. We had a really good Sweet Tooth one on there i don't know if you read the yeah, comic I, I have not listened to that yet and i haven't read the comic but what's great about tony's show is it inspires me to go read some of these indie comics like i hear about it and then i'm like that sounds damn interesting we also have an episode where we talk about my friend jason tell's comic uh season's end which i will promote anytime i'm going to promote it right now season's end my bike house comics by jason tell it's great such a good comic oh cool yes yeah, so even Send me the link to that, too, because I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Okay, that'd be great. All right. Well, thanks, man. It was good talking to you. Oh, same, man. I appreciate it. All right. All right, ladies and gents, that is going to do it for the conversation with Chase. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I love meeting new people. That's that's probably my favorite thing about this podcast. Um, and, and Chase was a wonderful addition to the Marvel Plus cast of characters i will definitely put the links in the show notes not only to chase's twitter page i comment on comics um you can follow him over there at comment comics uh, but i will also share the links to his recent podcast appearances including his appearance on geek and indie comics spotlight most importantly though make sure you follow him on twitter at comment comics if you enjoyed today's conversation, if you have something to add to it, you know, any comments, concerns, criticisms, or praise, or if you're interested in being a guest on Marvel Plus, just like Chase, you can reach out on Instagram or Twitter at RealBrettScott, or you can email the show directly at MarvelPlusPodcast at gmail.com. For extras and bonus content, early access, and coming soon, exclusive Marvel Plus merchandise, you can check out patreon.com slash Marvel Plus, and for a small monthly contribution, get access to all that. If you love Marvel Plus and you want to help the show grow, you want to help us reach a larger audience, the best thing you can do is tell your geeky friends. 
tell everyone you know that might be interested in a podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. Chances are, if you're listening, then and you probably know some others that would be interested as well. So, yeah, tell everyone, share the episodes, and in addition to that, if you want to go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a written review, and if you leave a written review over there, not only will I appreciate it very much, but I will also read your review right here on the show. All right, my friends, that is going to do it for this week. I will talk to you again in one week's time for the penultimate episode of this amazing series. Until then, thank you for listening. My name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus. We'll be right back.